Hi, it's Fizz. As you know, I'm in the midst of the demands that come with caring for my family and for my parents. So for the second time ever, I am pulling a classic show out of the vault. Please enjoy episode 317. You weren't listening, were you? With guest Nefertiti Austin, author of Motherhood So White, a memoir of race, gender, and parenting in America. This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, you weren't listening, were you? Plus, Biz is back and bored, Teresa gets impulsive, and we welcome back Nefertiti Austin to talk about her new memoir, Motherhood So White, a memoir of race, gender, and parenting in America. Woo! I wasn't ready. You just went right into it. There was no pause. Oh, do we pause? Yes. I have forgotten everything. And you meet my eyes. I do. Yes. I... I'm barely a person today. Plus, I am like fresh off of having Jesse here last week, I which know. is a totally different that... thing. And I'm still off kilter from okay. that. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm off kilter too, because it's not like I was gone on a vacation right. where I feel like I've come back. No. It definitely... Or like a planned thing, even. Yeah, like I'm going to be gone for a week. So It'll last be... yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel off kilter too. And then I realized it was only the second time uh-huh. I think that you've missed the I've show. ever missed yeah. the show that I've not done yeah. a show and that's yeah. weird so it felt like really yeah. weird it was not so weird yeah I'm very excited about our guest today so am I I really love Nefertiti Austin and I cannot wait to just join her probably in yelling about things <laughs> she's so wonderful but because last week was very nice. I am so thankful that Jesse was able to step in, yeah. and it really was a great discussion. But I really want to know how you are. I miss you. Oh, yeah. I miss you, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm good. Um, we're getting close to school starting again. This is like our last. I have, Oscar has a half week left, and Grace has a full week left. But something happened. <laughs> Which was like about a week ago, just out of nowhere, Gracie like asked me if she could get her ears pierced and I am all good with piercings. Like it's not really that big of a deal to me. And like, I kind of have always known that whenever she wanted to, I would say yes. Like I just had (laughs) never, it's never been like an issue for me, but she hadn't ever asked. And that was fine too. And I think she was surprised (laughs) at how like easy it was to get me to say yes to that. And I was just, I just said, yeah. And she's like, really? She's so excited. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then she's like, when can we go? And I I should have <laughs> taken a minute. Yeah. I should have taken a minute. Okay. And in my mind, I was thinking to myself, I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> like, I was thinking, should I, should I think this through? Does Jesse care? Do I need to talk to him about it? <laughs> Do I need to, is there anything I'm not thinking of that could potentially be an issue here? I don't think there's an issue. It's summer. We don't have anything to do. I can take her, get her ears pierced. (laughs) Um, So I should have said, let me think about it and talk to daddy and I'll report back to you tomorrow. Yeah. But I didn't do that. Mm. I said, we can go this week. Woo! Yeah. Hot dog. And she said, when this week? And I said, as soon as I can get you an appointment. 
Boom! So <laughs> suddenly you're a cool mom. I know. Where did my mother go? Woo! Let's go on a road trip and drive off a cliff. Yes. <laughs> and so I went ahead and found someone and made the appointment. And then something came into my brain, <laughs> which was, can you go swimming after you, you get your ears pierced? And I looked it up, and you're really not supposed to go swimming, especially in public pools, right after you get your ears pierced. It can Uh-oh. cause infection. There's lots of bacteria in there. Yeah. So I messaged the person we made the appointment with and was like, is this really a thing? What if we're careful about, like, cleaning the piercings after? And she's like, eh, no, you really need to wait. Like, if it's a public uh, pool, you really need to wait, like, at least four weeks for a yeah. public pool. And I was like, okay, well, she's got swim lessons this week. So I moved the appointment and... Basically, it was Grace had a complete meltdown because yeah. I had told her it was going to happen on Tuesday and I moved it to Friday just because I didn't want to cancel the lesson. Yeah. And we still have like two weeks left of summer. And yeah. I was like, I, what are you going to do? It's a hundred degrees outside. Yeah. There's nothing to do but go to the pool and go swimming. Yeah. Like, there's no there's nothing else to do. But she was so attached to the idea oh, of yeah. getting her ears pierced by then that even just moving it like three days, yeah. like she went and cried for a while to for like deal with like to deal with that yeah. pain, you know? Yeah. Because I had said yes so quickly, mm-hmm. and I had said this week so quickly, like I felt okay about my decision to move the yeah. appointment a few days, but I didn't feel like it was I didn't want to like betray what I had just said moments ago like so clearly to say like we're gonna wait till school starts or like we're gonna wait till you know it's fall and we don't want to swim as much or like yeah I just didn't so we did it we we (laughs) went last Friday Gracie did amazing her ears look great it's a total pain in the ass to keep them clean you have to do a bunch of stuff she knocked an earring out last night by accident, and I spent, and Jesse was out, and so I spent, like, a bunch of time trying to find the backing, and I couldn't, so I had to yeah. get one of my backings uh. and clean it and use that. Hopefully that won't fall off. Yeah. And it's a whole thing. thing. So back to what I said at the beginning, I should have taken a day mm. to think this through. It was, it's great. Yeah. It was great. I don't necessarily regret it. No. But I do regret the impulsive way <laughs> that I just dove right in, especially with this yeah. kid who's not a kid who will be like, oh, okay, whatever, mom. Like, she's going to hear what I said, yeah. and then she's going to hold me to that. Yeah. So, wow. who's that? Well, huh. It's a I can mixed see. bag, you I know? Can, yeah, it's, uh, it's a sack of bananas. It's but a sack of bananas. I can see all of those things happening exactly. Uh-huh. Like, that... All of it actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. How are you, Biz? I'm all right. Okay. I have more time till school starts. Oh, yeah. And very sad and sweet. We have officially done with the preschool that both oh. kids went to. And they're wonderful. And that is very nice. And I will always be grateful that we were able to finally find a place that, you know, really was wonderful to our our kids. But the other side of that is we're all, we're all home and (laughs) it's the end of summer and I'm certainly not doing okay in general, uh, even when I just had one kid around also. Now I got both kids around all summer. Mm -hmm. Ellis, obviously in preparation for kindergarten is, you know, having some 
unable to name it, probably anxiety mm. of some sure. kind, which yeah. is really ranching up the must sit and be touching and talking to mama uh, all the yes. time. Mm. But not what I was going to talk about. Mm. Just setting the mood. Okay. <laughs> so Katie Bell turned 10 a little bit ago. Aww. And we, Stefan, at the very beginning, we had Katie Bell, when she turned one, he made an amazing music video of video clips that we had taken throughout her first year. And he has continued to do that for both kids every year. And they are amazing. And Katie Bell, uh, the next day after her birthday, it was just me and her at home, and she started watching all of them in a row. Mm. But she went from, like, oldest backwards. So I'm watching, and... I mean, w- wait. So she started or? like with her ten-year-old video, and okay. then watched for nine, and then eight, okay. and then as we got like further and further back, she then started watching some of just the regular videos that weren't in, like that weren't music video. They're just videos, the actual from, videos yeah. that he wound up using. So you can hear us talking and stuff like that. And I had two very specific feelings. Okay. One feeling was, wow. Yeah. Look at. My baby. Yes. Okay. That was very nice. That was immediately, like, pushed aside by this memory of how long and boring those days were. And I, I'm like, I, I, I know that that's like the opposite of what you should be saying. But no, like, I love we're it. sitting there on the floor. I'm like, oh, I remember. For her, it was a mirror. I had, like, the big, long mirror out in the kitchen. You know, we lived in this, like, small Brooklyn apartment, right? Like, you know, the mirror. We would sit in front of the mirror and play games. And I would, like, and I could hear the music I was listening to then, like, in the videos. And, like, oh, now there was something else I am trying to bring in to make the day pass. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, I do not think we recognize enough how long and boring that can be. Yes. I mean, it, it's like peppered with really great yeah, like, yeah. moments. Yeah, totally. And those aren't lost. It's just we're kind of told to only talk about those great moments yeah. and not the hours upon hours of yeah. like mind-numbing boredom. Yeah. But you still have to like play and do stuff with your kid. Right. So that... Thank you for that. I just wanted to say that out loud. Yeah. I I would like to say the video for me did not, like, erase memories and trigger only joyful thoughts of, isn't parenting great? It did the opposite. Mm -hmm. Oh, so glad. So glad that's over. (laughs) Speaking of remembering the past and hearing your own voice of the past talking to your children. I think that ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is you weren't listening, were you? Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I am surprised by the fact that I am talking to my children all the time, at varying levels of volume, about very important things. And they seem to not hear me. Uh And I can tell that they don't hear me, only usually after the fact, when they yell at me, you didn't tell me. 
Yes. Or you never said that. Or, but I didn't hear you. Sometimes I get that. Like a good example. I'm just going to start with the most basic example, which is, okay, I've gone to pick Ellis up from school, like his preschool. And I've told him that morning, on the way home, we're going to be stopping by the store to grab something. Because the store is near your school, that's what we're going to do. Okay. We're heading home, but we're stopping by the store. Suddenly, Ellis will say, where are we going? And I'll say, we're we're going by the store to grab that thing we need to grab. You didn't tell me we were going to do that. Hysterical Mm -hmm. incitement, very upset, very like, this. I just need to go home. Well, no, I... I did tell you mm-hmm. that. No, you didn't. Mm-hmm. This, this morning, sitting. And like, I, I almost wonder if part of this discussion is, what's the point in fucking trying I to know. remind them that you did, in fact, fucking tell them? I know. So many fucks. Yes. So do people listen to you in your house? <laughs> you originally texted yeah. this to me. And I was like, it was crazy because I had had... A day with Oscar that was the most times of that thing happening that has ever happened with him ever. All in one day. It was a day that like Curtis went to preschool and I had Grace and Oscar with me that day. Yeah. And I didn't write a schedule up for them or like paint a picture of the day on paper for them. But in the morning, I clearly mapped out about four different things that were like the different phases of the day. This is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Right. And that is exactly what happened. All of those things happened as planned. Yeah. Everybody said okay to me in the morning. (laughs) And then each time we transitioned from one thing to the next... Even giving, because my kids do need the, they need the preparation. And then they also need the reminder, like, now remember, we're going to go do this now. Right. So I'm doing that. And literally, I'm telling you, Oscar didn't remember any of them. Yeah. He didn't remember any of the stuff that I'd said in the morning, except maybe like one thing. And he did, he like remembered one thing we were going to do. But then even after being reminded, we would like, like, I would say, come on, it's time to go. We're going to go do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He'd get ready, he'd get in the car, we'd get to the place and he'd say, what are we doing here? You didn't tell me we were going to do this. You didn't tell me. And I'm like, I was, I was really calm about it, actually. I was like, (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm so sorry that it's not like, you're not, it must be really weird to not know what's happening. But I did tell you a few times, but it seems like your ears are having trouble staying open today. So that must be really confusing for you. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. like, it's got to be very confusing. Yeah. And, he, like, it was, he wasn't having, he wasn't, like, screaming at me about yeah. it on that day. But on that day. But there have been yeah. days where he's done the same thing where he's like, you didn't tell me this. No, you didn't. Yeah. You said blah, blah, blah. And it's like, he really does genuinely... Like, all rudeness aside, yeah. he has a different story in yeah. his head about what I said. Okay, yeah. So that, I think that's actually kind of two things. One, they either literally didn't hear us. And so there's just no, that story's just not even there. Yeah. And then I also think there's the, 
heard something yeah. totally different. Yeah. Heard what he wanted to yeah, hear. Heard what he wanted to hear. Or heard and, part of it yeah. and filled in the rest himself. Yeah, that's Kate. I still yeah. get that with Katie Bell at yeah. 10. Yeah. The like, but you said we were going to like the pool yeah. or something. And I'll be like, yeah. okay, what I said was yeah. if A and B happen, yeah. then we can do C. Yeah. Or yeah. I said, we're going to do this. But after we do, we've done that, right? Like, you know, and she's like, but that's not what you said. And I'm like, yeah, but it is what I said. Yeah. You only heard part of it. And I, too, try and be incredibly (laughs) calm with like, oh, I'm sorry you didn't hear that. But I stood right in front of you and told you. Another one that happens in our house that makes me think I'm going crazy Uh is like Ellis will be on the couch in the morning, like for his like you know, one TV show yeah. time, and he'll yeah. say, you know, I'm hungry. Right. And I'll say, how do we ask? Yeah. You know, and he'll say, I'm hungry. May I please have a snack? Yeah. Okay. What would you like? He's going back to watching Yeah, he's gone. Show. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. Ellis. Yeah. What would you like? Yeah. Ellis. Ellis. Yeah. Ellis. Then you have to go pause What the would show. you like? Yeah. Pause. Yeah. Pause. And then he's like, yeah. what? And yeah. I said, you asked for yes. a snack. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? What are my choices? Okay. Your choices are, you know, granola and bar. Point, or I'm just like, can I just say never mind? This is okay, because there's two versions of the story. So the like <laughs> earlier versions were me going through the what do you want? Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Get the choices. Yeah. Okay. Come over. Give him the choice. I mean, give him what he's chosen. Yeah. And the water bottle. Yeah. And I'm just, everybody remember, I've given him the yeah. water bottle. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back around to the I'm hungry, and I say, what do you want? And he doesn't respond, and so I don't respond. Right. And then that becomes, where's my yeah. snack? Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. I asked Ten you. Ten minutes later, I said I was hungry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so there's that. But yeah. then, okay, water bottle. Okay. So then, <laughs> then suddenly he'll start screaming, I need water! And I'm like. It's right next to you. Yeah. One time, the first time this happened, he got really upset that he hadn't been aware the water had been there. Yeah. Like, you it didn't was tell like me. freaky that suddenly yeah. there's water there. I didn't, didn't know there was water there. Yeah, you didn't tell me that there was water there. And I'm like, I came over and like put it. So like the next yeah. time I'm like, Ellis, and here's your water. Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. I'm putting it next to you. Yeah. I didn't know I had water. I don't know how else <laughs> to show you. And like, yes, yes, yes. There's a whole other discussion of come yeah. and get it yourself. And right. we do you that too. Get it. Like yeah. we do that it's too. It's a specific time of day yeah. that you're doing what you're doing. Right. Yeah. But the main point is, even when it comes to something that they really yeah. want, yeah. they don't hear. Yeah. And I do the call, well, that's so hard. Yeah. But then there's like other times where I'm like, because <laughs> this feels like a trap that is no good that I only think about after yeah. where I start to then get into it, say, with Katie Bell. Yeah. She's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Yes, I did. Right. No, you didn't. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. You didn't hear. And yeah. then it's becoming like an argument. Right. And it's there's like no a, way yeah. I can prove to her that she heard me yeah. or that I said it. Yeah. Right. Besides videotaping it, which I have done. Or, like, making them yeah. sign, do you yeah. see, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah. But that's obnoxious. So, what's that about? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I I will say like we've gotten better with Grace at eight. Like sure. she she does this thing which is. I didn't realize she was doing it until somebody pointed it oh. out to me. And she also misunderstands stuff that I say all the time, just like Oscar. Yeah. But she asks for clarification. Oh. She does it all the time. Yeah. She does it because she's always like, I think they're just busy most of the time sure. when I like busy mentally. Like yeah. most of the time when I'm talking to them, they're also thinking about something else. So sure. they're only catching part of what I say. That's right. The, uh, that's essentially what's going on. Yeah. But Grace will notice that she missed mm. something that I said. So she will say, what did you say? Oh, she says, what did you say? Many times yeah. a day. Then I can. What's great about that yeah. is then she's actually listening to me because she's right. she's asking for clarification. So then I can say it. Then she knows yeah. what's happening. Mm. We also with her do a lot of like say back to me what yeah. we just agreed on, which is really annoying. But, but does it help? It. I think it Sometimes does. I feel like with it's her a hit. it does. Yeah. I don't think we do it with Oscar. Yeah. Because I mean I guess we sometimes do it with Oscar yeah. but it's like it takes a lot of time with Oscar mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas like Grace will just pretty much say it back because yeah. she's so annoyed like let's move on yeah I yeah I'm done <laughs> um, but yeah with Oscar I just feel like it's like another like repeating it back is like a, another task yeah or thing for him to not hear yes <laughs> totally totally yeah I, m- mostly I just think He's attending to other things in his mind right. or or in his environment. If they're watching TV, all bets are all off. All bets are I mean, and obviously. Oscar does the same thing where he will, like, ask a question while he's watching TV. And then I know that I don't even answer. I yeah. just walk over there, pause it. Yeah. And I say, what's. Let's have a conversation. Like, let's because yeah. there's no. Oh, it's yeah. not He's not going to be able to do both at once. Right. He's Can just I not. just ask? This is also one of those things that I think is funny, but I don't think Stefan thinks is funny. But like, I'll go pause. Yeah. And I'm trying to get clarification. And like, Ellis cannot make eye contact though. Right. He's got like the yeah. eyes like slowly yeah. wander back to the TV, even though yeah. it's not moving. And I say, Ellis, look at me while yeah. we're talking. Yeah. Roll slowly to yeah. the side. Look back at me. Yeah. Stay focused. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I just turn it off altogether and then turn it back on. Yeah. But like, I turn my laptop around. Yeah. So I turn like, it yeah. faces the other way for a second. I also just back. think it's kind of hilarious. Like I'm watching a movie about screen addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. No, they can't. They can't hear you during that point. Yeah. I, but there's also other things that are like that yes. that aren't as obvious. Like right. there's something else going on in the room. And I think it's easy to tune that sure. out and have a conversation. And he might seem like he's kind of hearing me, but he's not yeah. tuning it out. He's got all of it going on. Yeah. So it's too much. It's I'm, too much to parse out right now because he's five. Yeah, I'm making a face because I don't want to be understanding of my children sure. sometimes. Fair. But that makes, I mean, that makes sense. And I know that's true, too. Like, I know. They're kids. Yeah. Like, there's, like, just, like... Years of selective deafness that they are going to like <laughs> is going to be part of it. Yeah, this is definitely one of those ones I don't want to do the work on. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is just like, it goes back to like that discussion we had where like I am the giver and keeper oh, yeah. of all no's and oh, yeses yeah. and answers yes. of like, I can't. I have I get, all the rules and I have all yes, the, yeah. I can't get through any task yeah. because I'm having to stop 
and try and get you to listen when you're not listening. And I just want to wrap up on the fact that the few times my kids have listened, it's when I've told them we're going to do something and then something happens where we can't. Yeah. They seem to like hold on to anytime I've mm. said you can get a thing at Target or right. you can do a special thing. Yeah, that, they don't miss that. They don't miss that. Yeah. Not at all. No. Okay, zebras, uh, orangutans. Oh, yes, sorry. Hi. I'm not used to the animals talking. Uh, Who are you? Yes, my name is Carrie Poppy. I co-host a podcast called Ona Ross and Carrie. This is my co-host Ross right here. Okay. We investigate spirituality, claims of the paranormal, and we were wondering if we could get on the ark. You did come two by two. I Thank appreciate you. that. Though most of the things I'm letting on the ark don't talk. I'm going to be talking all up on this boat. Do you mind both? I prefer ark. Or okay, barge. I'm not listening, but. If you let me on, mm -hmm. then I will make my really good podcast on your boat. Can you barge. at least help clean up all the poop? I guess I don't see why not. Well, I'll check out the podcast. Where do I find it? It's on MaximumFun.org. Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206 350 9485. That's 206 350 9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So we needed to get a couple keys made, and I had. Gracie with me and I we were picking up Curtis from preschool and it had been a whole day and I but I just needed to do this and so I'm like saying we're Curtis's preschool is like right across the street from a like regular grocery store and we're in the parking lot and I'm getting Gracie like back in the car and getting Curtis strapped in and I'm saying to her like I know it's hot and I know we're all ready to be done for the day but we are gonna make one more stop we're gonna go to the hardware store and get some keys made and then we're gonna go home and she's like there's a key making machine inside this store and I was like what she's like yeah there's a, like a machine yeah. that makes keys in, right here in this store you can make any key even a car key and I was like oh really she's like <laughs> Yeah, I looked at it. I was like, okay, well, let's go in. <laughs> and so I just, because we were already parked, yeah. I hadn't strapped anyone in yet. So we just went into the grocery store. They did indeed have yeah. a machine that I was heretofore unfamiliar with. Yep. It worked perfectly. It wow. was so easy. And Curtis and Gracie thought it was so cool that they were all mellow and like paying attention and staying with me and stuff. Yeah. Like it wasn't all crazy. And we didn't have to make another stop. We got our keys made in the store. Wow. Yeah, I was just like, hey, thanks, kid. Yeah. Like, you just helped me. <laughs> Not that fast. Yeah. There was like a quick, like, there's like a, like a slight moment where 
you have to be like, oh, you might actually be yeah. old enough to actually yeah. be telling me something yeah. that's real. Oh, you know more than I do yeah. about something, and you can therefore help me. And the genius is you trusted <laughs> I it. I did. You didn't just be like, oh, no, we are yeah. going to the Obviously hardware store that, where I yeah. know. Yeah. Right, you just did it. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. So a couple of weeks ago, we had that trip across country to Philadelphia for 72 hours, and it it went well. It was fine. I mean, yeah, stuff happened. But <laughs> the genius was I got all of us in one suitcase. So good. We amazing. only took yeah. one perfect suitcase. That's amazing. We checked in. One. We, both, we both kept like feeling like we got out of the car. We're like, yeah. try, we're like usually we have so much more yes. that we're, we don't, we can't even. Yeah. One so suitcase. Great. I love it so much. I felt like a god. Yeah, you are. Thank you. Hi, I'm calling with a genius and with a three-year-old that doesn't always <laughs> feel like a common thing. So we were at the playground yesterday and grandparents are visiting. So the three of us were eating lunch under a pavilion and my three-year-old was on these one foot high, like wobbly balance step things. And I noticed he was kind of stuck and wanted someone to hold his hand. So I went over and he yelled at me that he didn't want me and was kind of a jerk and that he wanted Grammy. So I calmly explained to him that Grammy was eating her sandwich and he could wait for her or I could help him. And he yelled at me again. So I said, okay. And I walked away and went back to my lunch. And then he just stood there and eventually started to cry. And it was a crowded playground day. So it was like, all of a sudden, all the moms noticed this poor crying child by himself. Gasp! Whose is he? So I said, he's mine, and he's being a jerk to me, and he yelled at me because he has to wait for Grammy to eat. Or I could help him, and if he's going to be mean to me, then he can wait. And I walked away, and I gave no fucks what anybody thought. And I actually had a few moms say, good job. He shouldn't be mean to you. And Grammy had like two bites left, so it was no big deal. And then she went to help him, and it was fine. But I was proud of myself for not letting my three-year-old be an asshole to me and not giving any fucks what playground moms thought because I was doing a good job. And you're doing a good job, and playgrounds can suck sometimes. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Good job. Great. I actually am like... I wish I had the strength to be that, like, clear and defined in boundaries yeah. consistently. Yeah. And I know, I mean, maybe the next day you went back and you, like, let the, you know, didn't do that. But I just, I love that clear, no, okay, yeah. you, I've given you your choice. Yeah. You've and made they, your choice. And yeah. you've made a choice. Yeah. And it's okay. You're yeah. not really in danger yeah. of anything. This yeah. is just... You're okay. And by the way, all the other playground yeah. moms have been in that situation yeah. and they get that yeah. and everybody has their boundaries. It's just that a lot of times at the playground that goes out the window yeah. because we're worried about what other people think. Yeah. So like, it's kind of great yeah. that you just kind of did something that we're all trying to do anyway. Yeah. You did it in public <laughs> where like other people have to view the discomfort yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Like, it really is. Yeah. And it's inspiring. Yeah. To do, I mean, like, even though I didn't witness you doing this, to hear you talk about it makes me go, I can do this in public. Yeah. Yeah. I just, <laughs> just rip my shirt off and run <laughs> through the street. You're doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are.
failures. Fail, 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 fail! You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay, I had two instances of accidentally hitting my kids, like, in the last couple days. So one of them was... Oscar was running behind me into the mm. office and I wanted him to stop, but I didn't realize I was holding keys in my hand. Oh, he was totally fine, yeah, but, but I, I felt horrible. Yeah. And then the other one was worse <laughs> and funnier, which was that I was, so we have like a gate outside our house and you have to reach up and over it yeah. to open it. And it's kind of annoying to do because you have to like kind of stay, we don't have a, whatever. You have to, like, balance and grab it with one hand. And I opened it, and I let Curtis in, and he went in. And then I was holding it, like, open kind of with my leg. But then I was try- I was holding a bunch of stuff, and I was trying to get stuff out of our mailbox at the same time. And our mailbox is, like, stupidly metal, and yeah. it gets to be, like, 10,000 degrees. <laughs> and so I was, like, trying to grab stuff with one hand yeah. and totally burning my arm and trying to hold the gate open. And Curtis just thought it would be funny to try to close the gate on me. Um. And I was like, don't close the gate. Don't close the gate. And he kept trying to do yeah. it. And I just kicked it with my leg because yeah. I was like, I'm trying to prop it yeah, open. Prop I'm trying it to open. hold it yeah. open. Well, I kicked it and he was standing right behind ah. it. So it hit him and then he fell backwards. Yeah. Oh. Meanwhile, I was like burning myself. Like, yeah. It was so stupid. I could have yeah. just like put myself. It was so well, sure. stupid. Yeah, no. Anyways, injuring yeah. my children. Felt terrible. Yeah. Two in a row. Oh. Yeah. You're doing a horrible job. I know. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, sometimes I forget that we have a job in which we talk publicly about things. Um, And so, as we all know, last week I wasn't here because, and now I can't even remember how clear we were about why I wasn't here. But Ellis, on Sunday of last week, started throwing up and, like, threw up multiple times and, you know, and that night. And so... I had to stay home with him on Monday. He couldn't go to school. Stefan's work wouldn't allow. I couldn't come to the show. Yeah. Right? So fast forward to this week, a week later, yesterday, and the phone rings, and it's my folks. And my dad says, Elizabeth. And he's definitely using a tone that I'm like, oh, my God, what? Like, (laughs) what? And he says, we have a neighbor that listens to your show. Now, of course, that can oh, also mean anytime. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where you could be listening yes. to something. God, I said five years ago sure. where I was having a mental breakdown or right. whatever. Yeah. And I thought, and then my next thought was, did I say something about my parents on the show? Yeah. Right. And she, he goes, and she ran into your mother on a walk and asked how you and Ellis were doing. Oh, God. Is something. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh. Okay. And so I like explained, oh no, he was just, he was throwing up. And so I go through the whole thing. Yeah. But like I felt really bad that I hadn't told my parents, but also. But also, yeah. 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 It's like not something you always Always necessarily would have a moment to tell me it's summer. We're like busy. Yeah. And I just was like, so my poor parents, mama was like, oh, I just, you know, almost fell over trying to get, you know, home or whatever. And I just was like, we're all okay. Yeah. We're all okay. Yeah. And like, anyway, I just was like, I felt kind of bad. Yeah. And also naked. And it's also totally fine that the neighbor said something yeah. to my folks. Like, yeah. I have like 100%. Yeah. But I just was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, there was a part of me that knew I should have called. Right? 
but like, hmm, eh. I'm just failing as a daughter and well, a mother. You do suck. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is a fail. I was putting my two-year-old son down for a nap, and he was pretty much out. And my older son really wanted to, he wanted to help him go to sleep, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, I let him put his arm through the slat of the crib to give a nice, soft, gentle, you know, pat, good night pat. And sure enough, his arm got stuck in between the slats of the crib. And, you know, we got it out, but it was not without crying and a loud noise and woke up little brother. So that just did not go as planned. It was not as cute as I hoped. <laughs> Thanks. You guys are doing a great job. Yeah. This the old kitchen. Just... It, <laughs> it's so possible. Yes. And like my hat. And, yeah. and really the worst part is that the baby brother woke up. Yeah. Now, now you've got upset yeah. toddler and upset yeah. baby. And there's the fear of like, I knew this. When I, you know, like yeah. for me, I'm always like, don't. Don't with the railing. Your head's going to get stuck or whatever. And I think back to like a designing women in which Julia Sugarbaker gets her head stuck in Uh the like historic banister at this like estate. And they Uh like butter becomes involved, you know, but like I get it. Mm -hmm. I can see it. It was such a sweet idea. It was such a sweet idea. That's what makes the fail taste extra awful. Oh my gosh, hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. This week, we are talking to author and memoirist Nefertiti Austin, who writes about the erasure of diverse voices in motherhood. Her work around this topic has been shortlisted for literary awards and appeared in the Huffington Post, Mother, The Establishment, Modermea, Essence.com, Adoptive Families Magazine, and more. An alumni of Breadloaf Writers Conference and Vona, her first two novels, Eternity, and Abandon helped usher in the black romance genre in the mid-1990s. You can also hear her on a previous OBM, uh, episode 201, uh, and we're going to recap a little bit about what we talked there. And her forthcoming memoir is called Motherhood So White, a memoir of race, gender, and parenting in America. Welcome back, Nefertiti. 
Thank you so very much. All right. Before we get in to the new memoir, as well as recapping a little bit about your last visit with us, why don't we ask you what we always ask, which is who lives in your house? Well, since the last time we spoke, we've had two new additions. So there's my son, who is now a tween, soon to be 18. (laughs) Oh, my God. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, tweendom. That's crazy. It's, That's crazy. it's a special time, yes. And <laughs> my little one is now six, and she is doing great. And we've added two sheepoos to the party. <laughs> so they're Shitsu poodle mixes, wow. and their names are Sid Hartha and Monsieur Lafayette because we want it to be inclusive in our household. <laughs> I love this. And, and respect everyone's culture. That's I. Great. Love it. That is a exciting addition to the house. And, uh, yeah, I'm with Teresa. I cannot believe how uh, old everybody is now. Yeah. I know. In our houses, too. Yeah, in our houses, it's, too. I know. It's weird. It's starting to get weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it is starting to get weird around here. Definitely. So the last time you were on the show, you were here to talk to us about your decision to adopt and how yeah. that unintentionally propelled you to become an adoption advocate and a voice for single black adoptive moms. Yes. Part of that is because they're just no books. They're just hardly any parenting books by people of color. And now we've got a new one to add to the list of wonderful resources, and that's your new memoir, Motherhood So White. I'd like to start with talking about what led to the book and I also want to spend a little time on the title. I love this title so much. Thank you. Well, let's see. Actually, I had been writing about race and adoption and gender for a whole bunch of years. And one of the articles, um, I'll come come back to that because it's how we got the title for the book. But in any event, one of the editors at... Uh, Mother Meg Lemke, she put me in touch with you wonderful ladies. And actually, when I was on your show, unbeknownst to me, there were two crucial people out there in the world listening. And that was Kate McKean, who shortly thereafter became my agent. Yay, Kate! Kate. Yes. And then a year later... Anna Michaels, who became my editor, I, I learned was also listening on the same day. Oh, and wow. so basically, I, I, I bow down to you ladies having me on the show that day. It was just <laughs> meant to be because the right people were listening at the right time. And Kate was able to see what other agents who had passed on me. I'd gotten almost 60 rejections. She was one of the ones, the only one, essentially, who said, yeah, no, we can do this. This will be great. Whereas other agents said, wow, this is important, and you're a great writer, and you're right. There are no stories out there like that, but it's too marginal. I can't sell it. No one's going to buy it. And Kate had a very different perspective, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, Anna Michaels of Sourcebooks, they also felt very differently. They felt that this is a story we haven't heard that needs to be out in the world, and that is essentially how that got going. And um, as far as the title goes, I had written an article called Adoption So White. Yeah. So it's kind of play on Oscar So White, and just the fact that the adoption community 
is very white, and it definitely seemingly caters to transracial adoption, i.e. white parents who have adopted children of color. And it was great having an article in Adoptive Families magazine, but even that was one of a few articles written by, there are lots of articles about us, but written by us. And I've been really pushing towards and just sort of making a statement about the fact that motherhood in general continues to be by and for white women. And yet I'm not a white woman and I'm a mother. Yeah. I, you know, I want to go back to the word, uh, what was it? Marginalized. Yes. Is that what they said? And I'm like, you know, what that, what that means is not white. (laughs) I mean, not to be too specific, but like, because the market is so geared towards one listener and one voice it makes it feel like any other voice could never sell, could never be important when when that's completely the opposite. And Absolutely. it's such a horrible assumption that I, it just makes me crazy, the assumption that, yeah. like, anybody who is not uh, white has no interest in sharing their stories and or having any interest in uh, how to approach parenting from a variety of ways. Oh, sure. And there's diversity within white motherhood. So there is no one motherhood, but the assumption is that there's this sort of middle, upper middle class, Mm -hmm. heterosexual way to parent, way to mother, and anything outside of that, and a few exceptions, but anything outside of that is not going to be interesting to this core group, as if that's the only group that reads mom books. That's crazy. All right. You open your new memoir with a story of bringing your son to a Black Lives Matter rally in Beverly Hills. Of all places. I, I know. It's just the best. <laughs> My life is rife with contradictions. I know. No, it's good. It's good. Can you talk about why you started the book that way? I wanted the reader to be able to quickly kind of get into my frame of mind. Yeah. And I thought that that would be the best way because I hope that it would really kind of touch upon the universal mom aspects of it's cold, I want my child to be warm, Mm -hmm. and then there's the, I guess, social justice activist side where, well, we need to go and support a woman who lost her child due to violence, so then that's the, the racism piece. And then my own awakening, and as parents, if you have ideas about your child and what life is going to be like with them, and then they arrive, and all of your plans get blown up. <laughs> and so I was hoping that in those first few pages that it would be a space where, even if it wasn't your reality necessarily, or you wouldn't be touched by what happened to Trayvon Martin, it would be a place where you could find me. Yeah, I don't really understand how anybody could not be touched by Trayvon Martin or any of the things that have yeah. you know gone on like that. But I, I was looking back when you were with us the last time, and I was kind of wondering, I wanted to touch base a little bit, and, and you do talk about this some, but the, the perception that people have mm-hmm. about people of color who adopt and are single. And I remember you shared this thing about even your own friends were like, you know, you can't give them back when you're tired, right? Like that. Oh, that was my grandmother. Oh, your grandmother. That's right. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then, but then there were also people who 
were like coming up and making assumptions about your marital status, yeah. what men must be like, and, yeah. you know, no father, blah, blah, blah. I was wondering, like, as it's, you know, you now have a teen and a older, you know, six-year-old. I, yeah. Tell me a little bit about how that's been evolving for you. Is that still something you're running into? Yeah. Um, I think what's happening now, because in in my immediate household, it's a same race adoption. Yeah. And because we all favor, I think the assumption is that I'm divorced. Right. Or that my husband is elsewhere for whatever reason. Yeah. And it may be because I do have a certain level of education and I've been certain places. So on a socioeconomic level, if you know me or kind of know me, I think I present as a a whole family, including a a father, a (laughs) husband, versus we're still a whole family. Yeah. It's me. Yeah. And um, so that is pretty much, that's been my perception of things because I will get, they don't ask right away. It'll come a little later. So you're a husband. And then it kind of trails off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, their father or the other ways are, oh, because my kids are tall for their age and I am not, but my magic mirror (laughs) says that I'm 5'10". Right. Although that might not be true. (laughs) So I get a lot of, oh, their dad must be tall. Yes. And so I have a bunch of freckles and my son has a few. My daughter's got one or two. So, you know, people are kind of checking to see the commonalities in our physical presentation. Man, we're weird. People are just weird. I mean, humans are just like, I mean, I even think about like the casualness of the like question of like, oh, the father must be tall. Right? Like, yeah. (laughs) Just like Mm -hmm. we can't stop ourselves. From opening our mouths. No, we uh, can't. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. Or maybe we can. Oh, maybe we can. Maybe we can. We could maybe try. We, we could try. Learn and Let's try. Yeah, try. Practice. Okay. Also, you're talking about something in the book that we've talked about on the show, and it's mm-hmm. so important. You say, every mother I know is an amazing multitasker and makes life easy for everyone around her. This ease is deceptive because much of a mother's work occurs behind the scenes. Money talks in our nation, and a dollar figure on such an important job would finally raise all of our worth as mothers. Yes. Let's go there. Let's talk about it. I mean, like, the line makes life easy for everybody around her makes me want to cry. Well, we do. I know. No, because it's so true. Yeah, and we talk about self-care, and I'm always talking with my friends about trying to figure out, like, okay, what does that mean? Because it's more than just, okay, I bought myself a nice pair of shoes, because that does not take away the fatigue and the exhaustion of the everydayness of getting up, starting our day with, what do these people need? How can I get it for them? And how can we have a smooth morning? Or how can I get my daughter down to bed in a timely fashion? Or go here or go there? Like right now, it's back to school time. My kids have a week or so before they return. And yesterday, instead of doing things for myself, I got on a mission. And I was like, we need school clothes. Well, we need school supplies. We got to do this. We got to do that. (laughs) And I just ran myself ragged last night. I mean, the whole day. 
And so by the time I needed to do something for myself, I was exhausted. I just, I couldn't think about anything else. But I think it's part of our culture and part of our wiring. You're not a good mother if you are not wrung out at the end of the day and on the verge of dying early and your hair gray sooner than you'd like it to be because you've put everyone before you. And even vacations, the things that we do, I don't know, my son said something to me. And I got real petty, and I reminded him, I didn't want to go on this trip. This is for you. Yeah. I've already been to these places. And I, uh, you know, hate to be like that, but it happens sometimes. <laughs> no, but it does happen. I mean, like, I, Teresa shared a story the other day, and I, the, the words came out of my mouth where she said she turned to her kids and said, I am a person, you know. I am like a person. Yeah. And I like I'm said, like you. I'm I, also a person. Yeah. Yes. I am not just mom. Yeah. I'm a person. Another person, person. with feelings. Yes. And needs. <laughs> yeah. Like it's you know I had to do this thing with my daughter last night where I watch her. Her brother will little brother will come up and ask her to do something and she'll say not right now. I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. Sure. And he begs and she keeps pushing back. No, no, no. And last night she came up and she said. Uh, are we going to do anything tonight? And I said, you know, no, I need to go to bed. <laughs> I need to go to bed. And she starts to do the like super sad face. And I just said, hey, 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 yeah. think about all the times you tell your brother that. Exactly. You, you know, this is the same thing. I also get to set boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And, and, but it's but we're not supposed to do that. And no. so that makes us feel bad. We, <laughs> we have to apologize. Bad. We do. Yeah. I hate apologizing when it comes to <laughs> things like that. I will apologize yeah. for a lot of other stuff, but, <laughs> but that I'm like. It's either apologize or we explain. I find yeah. myself explaining, okay, yes. these are the things that I've done or this, this is what's coming up and I need you to do X, Y, and Z or this is why mm-hmm. the answer is no or this is why the answer is maybe, that yeah. sort of thing. It's a lot of explaining and, and most of these things happen at home, in the car, yeah. in the grocery store, you know, every place that we don't technically get paid for because this is our job to do these things so yeah. that they can go off into the world and be great and we're left behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, never to be called again. Right, hoping that they'll visit at some point. <laughs> That's right, please. All right. Last time you were with us, we talked about the idea of normalizing adoption and single-parent adoption in communities other than white communities, as we just talked about at the beginning. Do you feel like representation has been changing at all over the last couple of years? Are we still pretty stagnant? (laughs) Uh, I would say we're still pretty stagnant. Yeah, I know the answer to that one. um, I mean, again, if we can get more books that are written by women of color Mm -hmm. who have adopted, if we can get, oh, I don't know, a Lifetime movie or a big screen movie, or we can get some covers of some of these magazines and things. Just things that people see so they get in the habit of like, oh, all sorts of people adopt. So it's like, yeah. Well, it's so funny. You know, there's this, you know, very important, really great, you know, movement that's been going on for a while about diversity in children's books. Yeah. And once you hear it, you're like, oh, duh. And then you go and you get books and you do that. But that call is not as strong for parenting books and no. or the magazines that are out there, all right. the, you know, classic good housekeeping, mm-hmm. the parent magazines, parenting, things like that. Exactly. You have to really search. 
What about the process of writing this book for you or putting it all together? Did you go into it with one thought and come out with other feelings? Did you, you know, run into anything that surprised you? Yeah. What was it like finally getting this thing finished? I went in thinking, again, that collection of essays because that had been, I'd been doing it for so long. So I think it was sort of a foregone conclusion that that would be the case. And then it turned into, well, let's make it a narrative. And the very (laughs) first draft was super academic and (laughs) in retrospect, probably very boring and and inaccessible. So Anna was great. She was really gentle with me. And she said, I know you're a private person, but we really need your story. And that really gave me permission to kind of put it all on the table. So then the next version was just entirely too much sharing. And (laughs) I'm really grateful that she was able to pull back. She was like, we don't need to know everything. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's one thing for people to people who I don't know to read it, but it's going to be something else for people I know and have grown up with who will say, I didn't know that, or I wasn't aware of that because I am a person who kind of keeps it moving. So it was actually a very emotional experience, and I am not an emotional person. So I found myself feeling very vulnerable at times when I was writing. And I also had a chance, I think, to really sort of mourn the loss of my grandparents because they both have passed. I think my grandfather had already died, but I I hadn't had a chance to really mourn him. And then my grandmother died, I think, before I started writing it. My mother passed. It was an opportunity to kind of visit some of these spaces that I had just kind of locked up and was just prepared to keep going because I've got two children and they need me and so on and so forth. And so that that was good. So I felt, and I feel good about the finished process. I hope to not ever be that vulnerable again, (laughs) (laughs) publicly anyway. Um, But it was good. I did it and um, okay, I stand by it. So no, you should stand by it. It is an amazing book. It is really good to read. It's entertaining to read. I, it's very personal. It's very easy to relate in some places and also have my eyes opened in other places, which, you know, is what we need everywhere. (laughs) So Nefertiti, thank you so much for joining us and for writing this book. And I am also thankful that the right people were listening on the right day and, you know, encouraged you to get this story out there. I'm sorry, not encouraged, to help you get this story out there. And we wish you just the most success when this comes out. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate the support. And thank you so very much for everything. And Teresa, thank you for your book. I think I let you know I shared it with my kids' school. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. It's great. All right. Thank you so much, Nefertiti. You're doing a really great job. Yeah, you are. (laughs) That makes me feel good. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. All right. We'll talk again soon. Okay, sure. Take care. Okay, Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
I really always enjoy talking to Nefertiti Austin. Me too. Mm -hmm. We can do better, everybody. Yep. So let's go out and be better. And even everybody buy her book. Everybody go buy her book. So white. Yeah. That is an that is such an easy way. Yep. To let the market know yeah. that they are we wrong. We want these books. We want these we books. We need these books. Yes, these books are important. Yeah. You know what we can also do, one call at a time, is listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a rant uh, that's only somewhat parenting related, but I had to make Rice Krispie treats for some fucking awful reason. <laughs> and I got all the stuff. I got marshmallows. I got my box of crispy rice cereal and my butter, and I make it, and then what do I have left over but, like, not enough Rice Krispies to make another batch and no marshmallows. So now I have this extra box of crispy rice cereal that I don't have enough of to make another batch and no marshmallows. So if I do need to make more Rice Krispie treats one day, I have to get another box, and then I'll have more extra crispy rice in my fucking pantry, taking up space that I don't have. So I guess I just really want whoever makes this crispy rice cereal to have it in a six-cup box instead of a ten-cup or whatever the fuck box this is, because that's just really stupid. Nobody buys this cereal for anything but Rice Krispie Treats and... I can get the exact amount of marshmallows that I need in one package. So it'd just be really great if I could just get one bag and one box and call it a day. I wouldn't even have to measure. That would make life so much easier. Okay. I'm sorry. Thanks. You guys are all doing a great job. And the cereal company is not. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) All right. I would like killing me. This is so amazing. I would like to say... That, in theory, in our house, mm-hmm. we do eat the crispy rice yeah. cereal. We used to have that growing up. My kids don't eat it now. My, but yeah, I, but I remember putting the, up. yeah, you yeah. listen to your cereal talking to yeah, you before yeah, you yeah. shove it in your mouth and destroy yeah. it. That said, I also find myself, when I have made Rice Krispie treats, mm-hmm. also being mad that, you know what, I already have a lot of cereal in my house. And this is not one that's normally on the menu. Mm-hmm. And I did, it's sort of like the hot dogs to hot dog buns. Uh-huh. Why don't those always ever match up? Yeah. They don't. There's always eight hot dog buns, 12 hot dogs, or six hot dogs. Right. It's never eight and eight, yeah. right? And then you're constantly buying. I am sorry. That is frustrating. And it's also completely just like the stuff yeah. that we yes. have to think, think about, about sometimes. Yeah, it's the perfect symbol of that. Yeah. It's the perfect symbol of, why is this dumb thing something I'm now going to overthink? Yeah. And it's going to, because for me, stuff like that, it's not just now I got a fucking bag of cereal, but no one's going to eat in the house. It's, It's I don't want to waste it. How can I use this? How can I use this? What's an efficient way to use this? Right. Like, you know, is it worth making this? Should I go get more? Should I try and figure out how to do a half batch? Like, you know, I feel guilty about waste. I don't know. You know, like it triggers all kind of weird stuff that now it is just like one more thing you have to think about in the grand scheme of things. And no, it's not really that important. No, no, not even in the slightest. But sometimes when other things that are very important are present, 
I tend to focus on that one thing yeah. that's not yeah. because it's much more acceptable for me to yell about that sure. than to yell that's about true. some of the other stuff that's, true. that's presenting itself to me. Well, and also, I feel like sometimes when I'm in the mindset of worrying about things, yeah. I'm not as good of a judge of what stuff Should deserves be. that level of worrying and attention. Yeah. Because my, my worrying is just turned on. It's on. So it's turned on. Yeah. So whatever's going on, I'm going to worry about it like in an equal yeah. amount. <laughs> right. When that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, because it doesn't make sense. Right. You're, you're like, everybody's just so tired. Yes. That it's just like, yes. one more thing. Crispy rice. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I always make this like black rice salad thing that I really like, uh-huh. but I don't make it a lot because it's never enough rice in the rice bag. Like mm. I always use... I'm going to have to buy another, another bag if one. I ever want to make a right. second. Yes. I'll always have this extra cup yes. of black rice laying around. Mm-hmm. And I have zero time to think of another recipe that goes with black rice. Right. Right? None. And so you're like, I guess I have to. I, how I have to go back find, find something to, else. I yeah. don't want to. Right. So you're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. I'm sure somebody enjoyed those crispy rice treats. I'm sure they did. Yep. This is your life now. let's all try and keep it together one rice crispy treat at a time Teresa, what did we learn today i learned i missed you yeah and for as much as i go through phases of i should really stop sharing so much publicly (laughs) about myself and my family i also think i might lose my mind if i didn't come in here Every week and do so. Me too. So that's really the big lesson. Because you know what? No one, no, no, our kids aren't listening to us about anything else we're talking about. <laughs> we learned that kids have selective hearing. Sometimes it's their fault. And sometimes <laughs> it's out of their control. We also learned probably won't end anytime soon. So the solution? Yell louder. Spend more effort trying to make sure they heard you correctly until you shrivel up and die. We also learned... <laughs> so tired, guys. We also learned that Nefertiti Austin is doing an amazing job and there is still a vast and great need for more representation in parenting books and children's books and that, you know, this isn't niche. This is our society. Yep. <laughs> So let's go out and demand those books and buy the ones that are out there so that they know it's worth making more of. Everybody, we're going to be in Boston really soon. September 14th, City Space. That's right. Please go get the few remaining tickets that are there. We are very excited because, why well, I, I won't speak for Teresa, but I need to get away. <laughs> I'm not sure if it being in the form of a mm-hmm. live public yeah. show. Well, we've done it before. We have. Those are they're always fun. <laughs> Somebody always cries. Usually it's me. But uh I need it. Oh, I absolutely do yeah. too. You can definitely yeah. speak for me too. Okay, we need it. Yeah. So please come and join us. You can find out more information at onebedmotherpodcast.com under tour. Everybody You're doing a good job. For some of you, summer is over. 
and your children are back in school. And that comes with whatever feelings that comes with. Some people have very little children at home, and they're not at school. And you are spending your time with those children. And as I pointed out at the beginning of the day, that's boring and hard. <laughs> look, September is coming. Things are going to look different or exactly the same. So goes life. You're all doing an amazing job no matter what the situation is. Because we all know that whatever the situation is, it's probably hard. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and you're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing a good job. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Teresa, you're doing such a good job. I see you. I want to go back to that show where we were like, oh, I feel like we should be like yelling at each other in the streets. <laughs> oh, my God. It's unbelievable. You did the things that you're doing. It is unbelievable. You're doing the things that you're doing. Thank you, Biz. Same to you. I mean, it's unfathomable sometimes. Yeah, it is. And you're doing such a good job. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.